Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of 40K Radio. I'm your host, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is Amy. Hello. And a special international guest today, <laughs> JF. How, how am I sounding? I forgot to ask. Cause... It's fine. You I'm sound like, good for sound, somebody that's five time zones ahead. Also recording more, on my, my iPhone, so you know. More international than usual. Yes, yes. Far away international. I, mean, I, I had a whole special place. I had a whole bit prepared about oh. how we had, how we had sent you on location so that you could ha- <laughs> we could have boots on the ground for the Tyranid launch, and now and then you were like, no, I'm just gonna stay up stupid late so I can do the show with you. So that's fine. We're talking about Tyranids. Like for I once, I have something resembling expertise to offer. <laughs> oh, I should point out, uh, I am recording this from my hotel room, which is just above a party neighborhood for college students <laughs> nice you know there's gonna be noises fantastic quality so so jf <laughs> as you know as you mentioned in the last episode is traveling but he was kind enough to stay up late to chat with us about tyranids uh the new tyranid so codex the models kids that are coming out because as we know as you've seen on our facebook page and we'll see on warhammer workshop on our facebook page Jeff uh, is has a lot of beautiful Tyranid models. Did I show you pictures of my Tyranid models? I've seen some of them, and I you sent a kind of in progress picture of the stuff that you were working on that is coming out. Yeah, it it feels like this is something I should have sent you, but yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, Tyranids, I love Tyranids, so I mean, obviously, I had to, I I, I need to be in this, I need to be on this show. I have. I have expertise. I have information. I've played with them. I've, I've modeled them. I love those guys so much. <laughs> we were just going to make a lot of stuff up. So. <laughs> also, I have opinions. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, our usual hobby segment has uh, been infested by Tyranids. Oh, yeah. Uh, JF, guy. why don't you go first? Because we... I know you've been Well, very stuff. simple. Um, Games Workshop was extremely kind to send us a bunch of Tyranid models. I jumped, I leaped, I, uh, I I plunged into doing as many as possible, but since I was prepping for this trip, that left me with very little time. So I had to stick to two models. Uh, I went with the Neural Lictor because it is a very cool variant on the Lictor that I want to, want to play with. And then I did Norn Emissary. Nice. Because why stick to small things? <laughs> And I, I've got good and bad things to say about them. Well, not about them. Like the the, the, the neural lictor is, if you've assembled a, a Tyranid Prime um, with wings, or if you assembled a, 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 a Doom Amantide, not Doom Amantide, the Parasite Mortrex, if you've assembled any of those hero-sized infantry models. It's the same. It's it's the same quality. As it's, there's no complication. It's pretty yeah. simple. The uh, the Nord emissary has a couple of things that are peculiar to it, as far as assembly is concerned. Uh, it's mostly very simple, but there's a couple of tricky things. There's something about the tail, and there's something about uh, assembling the head. 
I go into more detail um, in, in, in the videos that were that are probably up right now or are going to be up today as you're listening to this. Uh, I do I do a, an assembly and painting video for the uh, for my color scheme and for the the, the Norn emissary. Uh, but basically, the, the the tail has more. Hmm, it's got more work to do on it to keep it smooth. Uh, we're hmm. used to having a lot of overlapping pieces that hide hmm. the uh, the assembly parts, like the the mold lines and pieces, uh, the, the the assembly point of different pieces. Not the Norn emissary. The Norn emissary has a very annoying sort of little gap to fill right in the curve of the, 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 the tail. There's also something about the instructions on how to assemble the head. It has you assemble the um, sort of the torso area with the leg area uh, before you assemble the head. And I do not recommend doing that hmm. because you will want to look through the torso as you're assembling the head oh, to okay. be able to align it properly. Mm. So be warned. <laughs> but otherwise it's lovely models i uh i put together some of the other kits like um you know death leaper and, mm -hmm. and lictor and i found that in those instructions there were some definitely with these models dry fit everything yeah because it's not super clear where some things are supposed to go they feel a lot like if you've built on the sigmar side if you've built any of the night haunt that right. seem like a lot of them seem super simple. And then you're mm. like, wait a minute, this doesn't like, there's that ghost model that everybody complains about the like spirits that if you're actually building that, it it's a little weird to put together. It's a lot of spindly <laughs> things. It's an apt comparison. Yeah. How about you? Amy? You, you, oh, oh sorry. Go, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, um, Tyranids are great. I've put some together too. I'm not as far along as I'd hoped to be, but that's okay. Um, I did also, like, sit down and finalize my list for the friendly. Ooh, finalize nice. big air quotes. But it was largely like, do I have all the boxes I need? And I do. <laughs> so that's, like, progress. And, like, I, I showed Jeff my list because I'm doing Leagues of Otan, which are not doing particularly well in the old standings. Mm -hmm. But if you look, like, on paper, it seems like a pretty solid 1500 points that I've got put together. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Fotan feels to me like, you right. Know, like one of those armies that in 10th edition plays very differently sure. than they did. And I think, you know, I think there's something there. Or... It might not be top tier, but I think people still just haven't figured it out yet. Like, I think somebody came in fifth in some tournament, big tournament oh. with them. So, it's very possible. Like one of the things about tenth edition, we'll talk about it in more detail as we talk about the code, the Turnit Codex, is not everything plays as you think it would play, and it's, the game itself doesn't play mm. the way you'd think right. it would play. I uh, I myself put together uh, quite a few of the Tyranid kits: the uh, the Gene Stealers. The Death Leaper, the Lick and Lictor that Games Workshop was, you know, as Jeff said, kind of to send us for review, and actually played a game with the Codex, which we'll talk about when we talk about the Codex itself. Um, but yeah, let's jump right in. So this is our yeah. first. This is our first tenth edition Codex. This is sort of like, here's how here's the how codexes it's are going to go down. Yeah, yeah, are going to be from now on, and 
just your your guys' first general impression of how how it sets the roadmap. Like you know, for, so I'll say just like for me, the codex is great, gives you a lot more options, which we'll get into. But nothing feels like broken. I guess is the word. Sure. Right. It doesn't feel like this is gonna dominate because it has a codex is gonna dominate every turn from now until the space stream codex comes out. If, if they all follow this pattern, you know, it gives you more options, but none of them are ridiculously overpowered compared to what's already out there for other people. It's just more. Yeah. I mean, from, from the standpoint of somebody who has like no real world comparison to old Tyranids in just like the way that this is formatted is actually really, really nice. Like it's, it seems like the sort of cleanest codex that we've had yet. Like, everything is in sort of the order you would expect it to be. So we've got, you know, our usual lore stuff. There's the showcase. And then when we get into the gameplay stuff, it starts with the combat patrol, because that is theoretically, you know, if you're just starting, this is where you're going to start. And it's got all that info. And then it has, you know, your army building, including your detachments, which um, we'll get into that in more depth. But that was, I was cool to see how that's actually going to work in the real world. Um, and then your crusade rules at the end, and then your points of nonsense. And so that's, like, it feels really clean. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, my impressions so far are it's as good as having a codex is going to be. In the sense, like, I still don't want codexes. I still feel sure. that having indexes, having all the rules be their own thing and people just being able to pick up the game, pick up models and get playing is the best solution. That remains for me. That being said, um, I like the way they approached it. I'm especially keen on how detachments seem to work. Yes. Yeah. Because especially for Tyranids, it doesn't feel because one one of the things that I kind of expected for detachments, the way we used to have in ninth edition, these sub factions were ways to build an army. If you were building a certain sub faction, you expected to go for a certain type of model. It was basically a codex within the codex. Yeah. And detachments for the Tyranids, although there's definitely some of that because each detachment sort of calls upon a certain type of unit or a certain keyword, they do they feel less like somatic obligations and more like, um, how can I put it? This is my collection. This is what I want to bring. And this is the detachment that will allow me to use what I'm bringing. Yeah, because you could theoretically play the same army in any of these detachments. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the neat things about the detachments is it's, you know, uh, most of them are, are, you know, all Tyranids or, you know, get this, but then these guys with these keywords also do this. Right. Exactly. Like some of them will be less effective. Obviously, Like if you bring no synapse and you play like a synapse detachment, you're not going to play it to its full potential. Right. But you could. And, and the thing is, what's interesting is that there's no situation where, say, say you do take, there, there, is, there's a, there is an attachment that's all synapse all the time, so to speak, and it's called like the synaptic nexus detachment. You still wouldn't want to bring only synapse creatures. Right. No. And I feel like it's the same way. Like there's, there's maybe one outlier to that, 
which is the Vanguard Onslaught detachment. Uh, and even even as I'm saying that, I'm not exactly sure, but <laughs> most of them don't rely on you bringing only the one thing that is is highlighted by the detachment. Mm-hmm. Like, you you could you absolutely could like I mean I I made this very fun seven model crusher stampede list which is seven <laughs> monsters um, and spoilers one of them is a hive tyrant and the other six are three uh, Norn assimilators and three Norn uh, uh, emissaries it would be a <laughs> terrible list but it would be a lot of fun yeah yeah for sure. Um, but you, you could definitely just build an all-monsters list from a Crusher Stampede, but you would probably be better having uh, a few other things in there just to balance thing out, things out. You know, the spotlight is on the monsters, but as a means of enabling other units, too. Like it's, the, the best... it's the what part of your army do you think is cool? All right, great. Yeah, We're right. going to make that part better. Like, and, and the best example of that is the Assimilation Swarm, which... I think is probably the best way of creating detachments I've seen so far because it everything relies like all the stratagems everything relies on the harvester keyword there are four mo- u- units right. with the harvester keyword which is very very small there's probably like over a dozen with the, the vanguard uh, the vanguard keyword for the vanguard onslaught but those four harvesters are weird like it's the ripper swarm the Harrispex, pyrovore of all things and ooh, what's the last one another thing that eats um i said Harrispex, said ripper swarm mm. ah it'll come to me but anyways the and the whole point isn't that whenever you're using stratagems or you're using those abilities the the harv the, the harvester unit most of the time doesn't benefit from it it's just there to channel the the ability or the strategy. Mm. Like right. if you have a harvester unit close to a unit that gets destroyed, you can use reclaim biomass and use basically use uh, the, the the biomass of the killed unit through the harvester unit to heal another unit within six inches of the the harvester unit. So you need these non non-har- these non-harvester units to benefit from the harvester's pre- presence. Yeah, and even um, a couple of the stratagems in the harvester swarm, right? They they work for other units, uh, yeah. non-harvester units. So they still, you know, that's another reason to take them is these these stratagems work on these other units, and you know it allows them to regenerate as if the harvester had made them regenerate right or stuff like that so uh same thing with the right. vanguard onslaught one uh a lot of their stratagems are pick one tyrannid unit or two vanguard uh invader units which are the special keyword that all those models have yeah so exactly it's it's not that these advantages don't work for the army is that they work better for the specific focus of the army and that focus serves as a channel to get you know, better returns on your non-focused units too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the other than the, you know, the codex, like Amy said, is laid out very cleanly. Um, you go through all your, your detachments, then you get onto your, 
um, data slates, then you have your combat patrol, and then at the end is, is the points. So, you guys forgot to mention Crusade rules. I'm yeah, sorry. I, crusade rules. Yeah, after yeah. the data slates are the Crusade rules. Oh, sorry. Rules, right? my, my mistake. Yeah. It's but, um, <laughs> yes. So, a whole new slate of Crusade rules. Um, still look, you know, fantastic and very it's thematic. So fun. I, uh, I have some friends who, who want to do harvester dismissing. Sorry. Ah. Ah, okay. I have some friends who want to do crusade and I'm like, Oh, I'll play trains guys. It's fine. You can, you know, I like that. It's fun. I, I like that things like battle traits and, um, scars they have for tyranid units and for synapse units. Yes. I like that. We've split them. It's good. It's, it looks really fun. <laughs> so a lot of the, um, the detachments are based off a specific keyword. Uh, the two new keywords in that come with the book, as JF mentioned, are Harvester. And the other one is um, Vanguard Invader. And there's actually there's quite a few of the Vanguard units because um, the army, I, that was the army I played. And I took one of everything that had the keyword, except for uh, the Parasite of Mortex has it and the um the harpy and the hive crone have it as well yeah i I'm, I'm not sure this is a hard and fast rule but you can assume that if it flies it has it and if it's gene stealer or gene stealer variant it has it yeah so, so brood lords and gene stealers and everything with wings yep exactly including yeah. the tyrannocyte and the winged hive tyrant has it too Mm-hmm. yeah so um and yeah, so that's kind of oh, what I sorry, took. I forgot. Also, anything that's a Lictor. Yes, all, yeah. everything Lictor or Lictor-esque has it uh, as well. Um, and, you know, it was funny. You were saying when we first talked about it that, you know, maybe this one is okay by itself. But actually, the game I played, my opponent had three Space Marine Dreadnoughts, and I had a hell of a time cracking those things. Mm. So, but again, I just, I took just Vanguard Invader stuff, right? I didn't. Maybe ta I didn't take any Carnifexes or, you know, or Norn Emissary or uh, Assimilator or anything that would be able to deal with those things. Right. Um, but, um, so as far as the chapters go, the book has six. So I think that's, you know, kind of setting the standard for what we're going to mm -hmm. see. Um, and one of them is the detachment that we have already. Just copy Unchanged, over. Unchanged, which yeah. is great. Yeah, it's got a, a few... Minor changes to it. It's got tweaks? I, I didn't notice yeah. anything. Uh, I don't think it had... I think maybe one of the stratagems is worded just a little bit differently, but merely just for more clarification than anything else. So, if you have a tiered army that you're using for that, you can still use it and still use the codex and just have the new units. So no change whatsoever. Um, then we have the, the much sought-after Crusher Stampede for the Tyranid so Monster good. units. For the big bads. Yeah. Um, if you're below starting strength, you get to add one to the hit roll. If you're below half strength, you get to add, uh, one to the wound roll. So good. So, you know, that, that's, you put, put that huge threat forward and, uh, you start pinging some damage and you're going to be, you're going to be getting a little, little better. I think they have a, my favorite strategy they had is they have one where they can move through enemy models, right? So they can just kind of push mm -hmm. through the screen yeah, and get to the TC stuff behind. <laughs> it's neat because you want them to be below half strength, so they have to roll for battle, roll for battle shock. But also, you kind of don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you separate yourself, synapse, so you get to roll the 3d6. So hopefully that, that helps you out. But, um, you know, I think this was a lot of one that people were wondering, is this going to be in the codex? And you get your Crusher Stampede. You get, and Which, actually more monsters, too, with the Norn Emissary and Norn Assimilator. Yeah. Um, my other favorite one is the Unending Swarm. I think that's going to be a favorite of ever, of a lot of people. Because yeah. the, the gods are they are the unsung MVPs of Tyranids now. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're cheap, right? You can have, I mean, as many units, they're battle line. They're all battle line. Uh, this one affects things with endless multitude. So, Termagants, Hormagants, and Gargoyles, right? And Neurogons. And Neurogons, yes. And basically, what happens is if if you get shot at and take lose a model, you get to move D six towards the unit that shot you. So on hor- but it's not just that. Like I was looking at that at that detachment in particular is 10th edition is really big on the race to victory points. Yes. You want to get to objective quick. You want to get ahead on victory points and make your opponent have to catch up to you. Gaunts move already lightning fast, especially Hormagons, 10 inches. You can advance them and charge. There's no, there's never a reason not to advance with them. And then if they get shot at, you can move them closer to an enemy. Now that doesn't sound good for termagons because you don't necessarily want them to get shot at, you know, to, to, to go towards the enemy when they're they're being shot at. But there's a stratagem for one single point where you can have them move towards an objective instead. Yeah, that's that's fair. so good, crazy. But add that to their natural ability that when anything gets within nine inches of them, you can you get a free movement, and they're d six. Yeah, you you're basically moving gaunts around the board all the time. Towards enemies, towards objectives, screening objectives. Mm. That list is gonna be long to play because it's a lot of <laughs> yeah. move a lot of the time, but also so annoying to deal with. And of course, so many of their rules is about bringing back models and yes. units and just. I mean, they have nice. they have the guard stratagem where you pay two CP for a unit that just died and they just come back. Which is, it's crazy, and, and the uh, and their their rule is, you know, when they make that move, it just has to be towards the closest enemy unit. You don't just like a lot of the stuff, right? You don't have to move the whole distance, but you can move it to get behind cover or mm. you know get in a way more advantageous position. You know, your your opponent shoots and picks one guy off, and then you're behind cover and they can't shoot him anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you, I mean, in this move, you can engage the enemy too, so. If they shoot from somebody further back and you move up and engage somebody closer, well, unless they have pistols or a vehicle, they're not shooting anymore. And and you got to remember these. We're talking only about like basically oh the, the detachment rule and the stratagems. But you you add to that some of the other key units like venomthropes. The, mm. the, the 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 gods benefit from venomthropes so much because they get both the stealth and the cover from them. Yeah. Then you get teeming masses as a stratagem for one CP where they're like you subtract one from the hit roll for hitting the gods. Cheap units they can tarpit entire armies and they're each two two uh, two object of control per model. So once they get to the objective, they're hard to remove, and they just they just sit there and they're tarpit. And you know, tenth edition is a little more harsh on big units, right? Because it's plus one for blast weapons for every five. 
But they have a strategy where they just count as five less models than they actually are on the unit. Exactly. Of, of all the strategy, of all the, uh, the detachments, this is the one that has the most. It's going to be very stratagem and CP mm. hungry mm. because everything is useful at every step of your game. So I got to throw a couple of lictors in there to get some extra CPs. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> um, and then so I think that's going to be a really popular one. I pre-ordered a bunch of the new Hormagons so I can play this one. Um, <laughs> I already own 120 Hormagons, so I think I'm in good shape. Yeah, I think you got plenty, but <laughs> I don't have quite 120. So <laughs> um, the next one is the Assimilation Swarm. This is one Jay was talking about that focus on My harvesters. Favorite so far, and really. Kind of what it does is it kind of gives a unit um, that's within six inches of a harvester unit. Um, each unit can do it in your command phase, but it lets them kind of do a reanimation protocols, right? So yeah. he'll, he'll D3 on a single model or even a little better than reanimation protocols. If it's infantry, just bring back um, a, a single model or if it's an endless multitude. So any of the gaunts bring back three full models to the unit is very good and everything about it is about this whole controlling biomass yeah so whenever things are killed or you're killing things you can use those to heal or strengthen various units and some of them is like the whole healing thing especially when you're talking about like like i mentioned one of your harvester units is, is harospect which is already a massive tank of a model. Yeah. Having three of those just hang about, being healed all the time, sitting on objectives. It's it's going to be a fun army to run because you can shape everything. Like I mentioned, you only have four different types of harvester units, so you don't need to overfill on them. And once you have them, Everything else can be malleable. You can mm -hmm. you can have this. Okay, I want a I wanted my army to be just sitting on objectives and not moving too much. Build your army like that. I want a hard hitting unit that just rushes the front my enemy's front line. Go for it. I want to just sit my harvesters on on objectives and let them do their thing while these striking stuff in the back line. Go for it. It all works. And the best part is you don't even need to get fancy with your harvester units right. because you can have for <laughs> For a very, very low price, lower now, you can get a bunch of Ripper Swarms yep. to do all of this stuff for you. Yeah. And I, I, wow, think, I think Ripper Swarms are sneaky good. I My immediate thought about Ripper Swarms were that they were garbage because their rules didn't seem like much. They're not hard-hitting. They're not good tarpets because they die too easily. But now that I've played some 10th edition, I realized that Ripper Swarms are again maybe not just the MVPs but definitely have their place but in a harvester unit oh, in, yeah. in, in a in a simulation swarm they are good just because little units of rippers all over the place making your guys regenerate the first of all you can have them they deep strike so they can be wherever yeah. you need them when you need them they go in, have the, the objective control of whatever they're, they're in combat with. Not too hard to do. But the best part is, with some of these stratagems, when they die, they actually benefit your army. Because you can redistribute that biomass to heal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and where is a, 
uh, three bases of, um, of ripper swarms used to be, what, 30, 35 points? They've now been reduced to 15 points for three bases. <laughs> you can fill up on, uh, on ripper swarms for a very low price. And even if you have nothing else as harvester units, you're still good. You're still doing bank. Yeah, they um, they're very beneficial here, and and like I said, I think you know, they're gonna be somebody's gonna figure it out, not me, and they're gonna be sneaky good because you're gonna charge a unit with like a bunch of online leapers and some river swarms, and it's okay. One of them's gonna kill you, one of them's gonna cut your OC in half. Which one are you gonna attack? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's I think it's gonna be one of those lists that's harder to play because it's all about positioning. Yeah, and you need to be very clever and very smart about it. But it's gonna be—it's one of those lists that's gonna be rewarding to play because every time you succeed in doing your little nefarious plans, you get like serotonin, and it's good. <laughs> but yeah, the the strategy I'm talking about, like brood brood guard impulse, like any phase one harvester unit from your army that's just got destroyed, you can use that stratagem on that unit even though it got destroyed. And the effect is that until the end of the battle, each time a friendly turns unit's model makes an attack that targets the enemy unit. That just destroyed your harvester unit. Add one to the rule. So tossing your ripper swarms at various units that you want to enfeeble that way. Yeah. This is perfect. So they have like, to go kill ahead. Swarm. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, kill it. Now it's sort of like the Vulcan and the um, what are they? Vengeance? Is that what it is? Ju judgment like... tokens. Judgment. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I like it. We have our, our Vanguard Onslaught Detachment, which focuses on the the guys that kind of, a, you know, you think of as arriving first. So as Jeff said, anything winged, anything lictor, and anything gene stealer. Um, the, anything in the detachment, any tier unit can fall back and charge, but the Vanguard Invader units get to advance and charge. Mm. Um, and also, Death Leaper can be your Warlord, if you like. Which is neat. This is this is the one that I played a, a game with, and I should we should say every detachment has four enhancements and six stratagems, right? That's universal across the board. Yeah. Um, and one of their enhancements is you get to redeploy three units after you figure out who goes first. So when I played, I, I had that. I ended up going first. I redeployed. Lictors and a, and a neural death leaper and neural leaper twelve like just twelve inches away, or just uh, over nine away from one of his units. The neural lictor gets to make somebody take a uh, battle shock test, so he failed that. And then death leaper ran in and ate chief Liberian tigers right away. <laughs> mm, it was it was fat. It was great. Um, but this one, like kind of like we talked about, focuses on all the, all the sneaky boys, and um, they have a lot of really interesting stratagems. Like uh, I think the one that I ended up using the most, of course, was there's one where you choose a vanguard invader unit um, from your army, and when your opponents choose to shoot them, and you say, "Okay, you can't shoot me unless you're within twelve now." Oof. And then if you have lone operative, oh, actually, sorry, that's six inches. <laughs> So, um, and then the other one that I ended up pairing that with is one that if an enemy ends a unit within nine of you, you can pick two Vanguard Invader units or one Trans Infantry unit, and they can make a six-inch move. 
right? So Death Leaper was great because they'd run up to him. I'd move nine inches away. Then they go to shoot him. And I'd say, oh, well, you have to be within six. I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> uh, so I had a lot of fun with this one. I, I think this is another really interesting one just because of, uh, I mean, Advance and Charge isn't something that's really widely available now in 10th edition. Yeah. Um, and what's neat about that one is that from a uh, focus composition standpoint, it's like three detachments in one because you can, well, four detachments. You can go full mix. You can go full gene stealer. You can go full flying units or you can go full uh full lictor variants yeah i mean obviously you're not going to go 100 percent with any of them but that's where you can put your focus yeah i like it yeah i had a uh, 15 von ryan sleepers when i played it was a lot of fun <laughs> oh. two, units, two units of six and one of three because they're only 75 points for three and i had four 10-man units of gargoyles and after the game i was like i'm just gonna drop a unit of gargoyles and up that other unit to six well, you've been, you've been <laughs> busy so building haven't you well i mean the von ryan sleepers they're fantastic models but they're also like easy to assemble models right that is oh true. yeah so because they're in the starter box yeah. So there's tons of them out there that people don't want, and they go together super easy. Yeah, that's a good point. <sighs> I, it pisses me off that I'm soon going to have to put Turnids to the side to work on another project. <laughs> <laughs> because I am having, like, I've played a lot with them. I'm going to play, I'm going to debut my Neurolictor and uh, Norn, uh, my Norn uh, Emissary soon. Maybe at Warhammer World. Oh, yes, do it. Such a fly. Oh, my God. Yes, if you're I, at Warhammer World, the day this episode releases, you may see JF playing new No, tricks. I can't. I can't do it on, on the day this releases because we release on Saturday and they have an event Saturday. But I'll, I will be playing a game on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Sorry, the day after. All right. So I'll, I'll be able to uh, I'll be able to stretch the legs of those two models, see how, <laughs> how bad or good they do. So good. And our, our last attachment that we get is the Synaptic Nexus. So um, this one's interesting. They it's kind of have... Um, I hate to say it, but it's it's exactly what I expect. Yeah. It, it's... They they have doctrines, like Space Marines, right? I think that's the easiest way for, for people out there to understand it. So they have three things at the beginning of the battle round. You can choose one of them to happen, and you can only choose each one once during the game. But they're actually very powerful, right? So if you're within synapse range, you have a 5-plus invulnerable save. They're, they all are, go off if you're within synapse range. Um, the yeah. other one is add 1 to advance and charge, and the last one is add 1 to the hit roll for melee attacks. So all all very strong, and there's, you know, as you'd expect with the... Tyranid Army, there's quite a few Synapse units in there for you to take advantage of this. Oh, yeah. um, fewer than before. Yes, yeah, true. There, it is fewer, but they're still... I mean, with the new... You know, you have the Neurolictor... Not the Neurolictor, the Neurothrope and the uh, the Neurogaunts now that can help extend that range, too, so... Yeah, and the Neurotyrant is... Uh, they have improved... The we'll get to it later, but they have improved how it, uh, how it does that, its job, so... Um, yeah, you synapse isn't 
as easy as it used to be, but it's not impossible to maintain a good synapse range. I, th I think it's where it needs to be, where yeah. you actually have to actively work on keeping a synapse network going. Um, but it's not a struggle. Which makes sense because, you know, especially in this edition with how Battleshock works, synapse is very powerful, right? 3D6 for, for uh, your your leadership test is really good because let me tell you my i've been playing some death watch and i fail a lot of uh six plus leadership tests so what? where that extra die would help i'm i'm used to playing as my brother who cannot roll under um under a five <laughs> on on d6s so <laughs> he almost never misses battleshock tests it's frustrating like it, it makes shadow in the war feel useless now i still win because tyrannids are mm, super fun and very easy to overwhelm armies like Grey Knights with, though. So. Um, so, I mean, we know what Jeff's favorite is in, in mine. Amy, which is your favorite attachment out of the six? Oh, million? man. I, like, I mean, I can say it because I'm not going to build and paint the models. <laughs> um, so I do think yeah. Unending Swarm sounds awful fun um, as someone who also is interested in um the necrons for sort of a similar reason i like mm. that like okay that's fine I, i'll just bring him back keep go, go okay you want to keep doing this all right i can do this all day that's fine <laughs> um, i think i'm looking i'm looking forward to playing it with endless swarm because that's the thing like i i may have a favorite but it doesn't mean i'm gonna play just that like, yeah, I can yeah play whatever. exactly but I'm looking forward to playing Endless Swarm because already in some of the games, most of the games I've played, uh, my Endless Swarm units just, they do feel endless a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So them being even more endless, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. I'm comfortable and then, with that concept. And then when your opponent finally whittles one down and gets rid of it, you just say, okay, I spent two CP. I have that unit again. Sorry. That's the yeah. that is the real kicker. I, I feel like that the that the the detachment that's gonna be very forgiving for movement because you get so many options. Yeah. But is the one where you have to count your cut your CPs and be very careful with how you spend them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um so we have you know, a lot of new data slates, some updated data slates. I think one, and I understand why you why this is hard to do from a skew perspective, but I'm disappointed that you know a month ago you got I didn't purchase them, but a lot of people purchased a a pack of Tyranid data cards, and now yeah oh here's another one with the now you know five additional and your other detachment ones in there that's going to be the same price as the. One that you just bought. yeah. Now I'm gonna say that if you bought data cards yes. when they came out, knowing because we knew that we knew we knew this that this was happening, um, that you either do not care about the price or you're just like you're in it for the completionist energy, and that's fine too. Like because I did, I I expressly only bought the data cards for. The two armies that I am bringing with me to Adepticon that yeah. are not getting codexes between now and then. Yep. Um, because we know everything for the next year, what's the, well, the year as of when they announced it, but, you know, we know everything that's coming out between now and then, unless there's a surprise, but it won't be a surprise that we already own. So, <laughs> exactly. You know. like it's, 
anybody that went in there went in there with their eyes open. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if Games Workshop perhaps adjusted production for some of these things uh, accordingly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you look at the data slates that are in the Tyranid book compared to what we got before, you know, 95% of them are exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. you you could take a Sharpie and fix those very quickly. Yeah, I think, um, like I noticed, the Biovore stat line changed a little bit just to match the Pyrovore, and you said the, the Neuro Tyrant changed. Yeah, Neuro Tyrant now, the Neuroloid, well, they changed the name of the rule that's now called Neuroloid, um, where you get to use those two little um, Neuroloid to extend the synapse range. Basically, you, you get to select two units with that used to be within 12 inches, but is now within 18 inches of yeah. the Neuro Tyrant, and until the start of the next command phase, they count as being synapse in synapse range. Which is so, great. I mean, that extra know, six inches means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, if you have three neuro tyrants, you are good. You are fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, as far as new data slates go, right, we have the Norn oh, Emissary. I, I just want to point out oh, one thing is that there is a point update in this codex. And while a few things go up, a lot of things go down in price. Now, what I'm going to be interested in to see, actually, what I was going to mention was, because um, right at the top of the points page, right, it says, to get the most up-to-date points, go here. It has yes. the QR code that takes you to the download page. So I wonder how soon after the codex will be like, well, actually, here's here's your points. But yes, a lot of stuff did, if you look at just the codex, does go down quite a bit in some cases. Mm. Rippers Farms. <laughs> <laughs> um so as they and they previewed this you know just uh yesterday on the warhammer workshop from the time we're warhammer community site from the time we're recording but we got a, a little bit of the norn emissary norn simulator um they are super tanky mm. one is tankier than the other though yes yes the psychic the norn emissary does have the invuln save the uh, feel no pain. To feel no pain against world wounds. <laughs> yes, the the Norn Assimilator doesn't have those benefits, but with his weapon, with the harpoon, hopefully he's going to be spending a lot of time in close combat. Yeah. And uh, he also, I like how the Norn Assimilator like in, almost encourages your opponent to stay in combat because if they try to fall back on a two plus, they take d six mortal wounds. <laughs> mm -hmm. like you're not going anywhere um yeah those harpoons are fun yeah and uh and getting feel no pain five plus and objective control oc15 you pick an objective marker at the beginning of the game i think that's probably going to be the go-to uh choice for their ability i see here's the thing right because of the nature of how they behave like the norn emissary has good ranged weapons mm -hmm. it is almost indestructible like, we're talking about, like, it's a toughness 11, 16 wound monster. It's got a 2 plus, 4 plus invulnerable, and it has a natural 4 plus uh, against mortal wounds. You sit it on the objective, it gets another 5 plus, feel no pain, and it gets OC5. I feel that the natural place for, for a Norn Emissary is to babysit an objective. In my opinion. Meanwhile, the Norn Assimilator is a movement 10 behemoth that thrives on close combat, 
has these this, that harpoon attack that facilitates getting into close combat mm-hmm. and just nasty weapons and, i mean nasty close combat weapons and attacks it doesn't have the same resilience as the norn emissary so having it be the kind of guy the, the kind of thing like all right my norn assimilator is going to pick an enemy unit uh, something I want to see dead that won't do well against close combat, like a tank or a walk or whatever, and that's going to be my singular purpose choice. It's going to be that enemy unit. I feel that they're both suited for one specific choice for mm. that, 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 uh, that special rule, that ability. Mm. Um, I like that you have the flexibility of which one you're going to pick because depending who your opponent is, you might want to adapt that way. But at the same time, they, I mean, they do feel like one of them is better than the other, in my opinion. And the nice thing is, is that you get to pick at the start of the first battle round, right? So it's not pre-game, it's not pre-deployment or anything. It's you get to see how the how it yeah, looks, how, how you think it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I the attacker? Am I the defender? Where, who, my, who is my opponent? Where did he deploy? Like, what's in reserve? Like, you get, you really get to. Uh, lay those pieces to your advantage and the uh what they didn't show us is the norna simulator is an absolute close combat monster Freak. so they both have both the norna simulator and emissary have monster size and talents which are six attacks hits on two strength nine minus two through damage right but the mm-hmm. assimilator has the toxin injector harpoon which is four extra melee attacks a hit on two, strength 12, minus three, D6 plus one. Damn. A little swingy with the D6. Like, it could be yeah. seven yeah, wounds, yeah. it could be two wounds. Yeah. But four of those attacked at strength 12. Not bad. Not only four attacks with that, but on top of the other six attacks. Yeah. Yes. So, he, he should... And they're also not Titanic. So they can hide behind ruins. Yes. Well, they're not Titanic because they're not that right. Big. Right, but I mean the the they, they the were. Keyword. I mean, if they really felt sassy, they were. Um, yeah, they, I, I feel they, like that would have been disingenuous because they're not even as big as a knight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like they were saying right there, a wraith lord equivalent. So. Or I've I've compared sizes with some of my models, and the closest in size it is, like as far as height and build, is a uh, a keeper of secrets. Mm. Mm. But I mean, it's 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 great that you're able to hide them, you know, behind the ruins and stuff. Oh no, absolutely. In the game. Um, Actually, so I, if you if, uh, if if the listeners want to see a size comparison, I at this point in time, you can probably go to our Facebook page for 40k Radio and have a look at a Norna Simulator. Right next to a Chaos Knight Abominant. Ooh, awesome. So good. And one of my favorite models, the Neurolictor. Lovely little guy. Not not quite as attacky as your normal Lictor, but that's not what he's there for. Because um, every command phase, he just picks an enemy unit within 12. Doesn't have to have a line of sight and just says, take a Battleshock test. You're so Which scared is right cool. now. <laughs> Which is why I'm going to be having three of those. Yeah. Um, now, one massive disappointment is despite his big, big brain, hmm. he is not Synapse. And that pisses me off. Yeah, he's not He's not Synapse. I, can, I mean, he does have Infiltrate, 
and lone operative and stealth, right? So he's kind of like a, a you know your normal lictor, but yeah, he does not have synapse, but he does have an additional ability. So when enemy unit within tw with whenever any enemy unit within twelve was battle shocked, they get minus one to their hit rolls, and you get plus one to your wound rolls against them. Mm. Which is great because your normal everyday lictor is strength seven. So, you know, you typically are going to be looking for threes. This makes it a two, which is great. Um, I think this is a, it's a great looking model. And it also, despite not having synapse, is very effective on the, on the tabletop. Especially if you take the Neuro Tyrant for that minus one to leadership for everybody on the table. Yeah, he's, listen, he's very cool. There's no question. Like, I like what he does. It just, when I immediately, when I first saw it. The I visual thought, language says synapse. Yes, yes 100% with that huge brain. And it, it does say, finally, I can infiltrate a synapse creature into the back line, and that's going to be fun. Yeah. So, a little bit disappointed. And as promised, our, our lowly termagants do get some special weapons. Um... One per ten, and max size unit twenty. But they get a nice. Uh, I think the winner there is, is the strangle web, which is a it's a flamer, um, eighteen inch flamer though, so a little extra range than your normal one, and it has devastating wounds. Devastating wounds is incredible. Yeah, it's only strength two, but you're, you're fishing for those devastating wounds anyway. So. Mm. And um, I think, was that the last? Oh, well, well, and Death Leaper stayed the same. His rules haven't changed. Uh, he is a way bigger model than he used to be, bigger base. Um, same thing for Lictors, right? They're much, the base size is bigger than they used to be. Um, and they're also, they're, they're great, still great character killers because all their attacks have precision. Yep. Uh I ate, don't only did I eat Chief Liberian Tigarius, but I also ate Marina's Calgar. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Delicious, crunchy model. <laughs> what a day. Um, but I mean, you know, a good good number of new models. And like we said, a lot of the other data cards, they haven't changed, which is, you know, I think not a bad thing. It looks like they were looking ahead, right? When they were, you know, they really wanted to, I assume, wanted to have Tyranids and Space Marines pretty well nailed down from what they wanted. Yeah. Other than points yeah. before they released everything. There is there is one nerf that I noticed that's worth mentioning because it makes me a little sad, but at the same time, it's it's one of those fair enough nerfs. Is the uh, the psychophage uh, anti psyker is no longer a two plus. <laughs> it's now four plus. Which is that two plus was ca I mean especially with the way tenth edition works right because throw because characters have to join units so you throw a librarian in a unit and the whole unit counts as having psyker, um, yeah. So the, yeah, or there's there's some armies that are just psychers. Period. Yeah, like great <laughs> yeah. knights, right? So I think the two and especially since he gets it, it's swinging right, but it's d six plus one attacks, so it could be seven or it could be two, but hitting that seven. Uh, it could be pretty pretty feels bad for your opponent yeah no it's it, it, it was a lot so to speak. <laughs> I, I, um, I wonder if, if but then there's also like other things sorry like the talk screen that still has their 2 plus anti-infantry so you do have some pretty hard hitting stuff out there still 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just this one yeah. in particular stood out to me because, as I said, I'm I'm fond of the harvester uh, <laughs> keyword, mm. and psychophage are harvesters. So I was looking at them and saying, ah, oh, that's that's a little bit too bad, but it's it's fair. As as a sort of a, a side note, which I just noticed as I've been playing, is that a lot of psychic powers aren't pistols, so you can't use them in close combat. That's hmm. true. So. Anyway. May I voice another major disappointment that I do have with Please. the Codex? Uh, yes. So one of the things that was kind of a, an untold, a silent promise for this Codex when they announced the Winged Tyranny Prime was the return of Winged Warriors, yeah. um, mm. the Shrikes. And the fact that Winged Tyranny Prime is, is a leader, he's not a lone operative, but he's a leader, and the three units he can lead are gargoyles, um, warriors with melee weapon, and warriors with ranged weapon. So he can either fly, use his wings to fly with a unit that's not great with co in close combat, so that he can't really benefit from his own close combat focus build, or he can forego flying to hang with uh, other warriors, some of them shooting and some in close combat. There's no way to put him in a unit that really fully benefits from what he brings to the table right. as a close combat character. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I feel it's too bad. I feel it's... Did they break a mold or something? What happened here? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's... It's unfortunate that the Winged Warriors didn't come back. I mean, I can... You know, they didn't update the warrior kit, so I, you know, maybe at some point they'll get to that and that's when we'll see them again. But maybe. he does and he does feel out of place so. with the units that he can lead, right? Exactly. And in because he doesn't have lone operative, you can't just you can't just have that guy wandering around alone. That's a lot of points and advantage very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think um you know what I was kind of disappointed with is Gene Stealers, which used to be Marine Killers, right? That was kind of their place not only in the game, but in kind of the story. They're not really good at that anymore. They're kind of mid. Uh, if, you, if they hang with a Broodlord to get devastating blows. Which is okay, so but they're still in the damage fine. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the new kit is fantastic. The oh, models absolutely. are awesome. Yeah. They just, they don't like, I took three units when I played and I immediately after was like, I'm just going to take one with the Broodlord unless I feel like taking more than one Broodlord. Yeah. Because um, mm. they kind of just died really quick. Because they, and again, they, right, they used to have a four plus save. Now it's a five plus with the five plus in one, which they're not horrible, but they're going to do, they're going to kill, maybe kill something and then probably just do that. Yeah, they're they're not bad, but they're not they're not what we've been used to. Like they're yeah. not the threat that they used to be. Again, little though, four attacks, like forty attacks of devastating wounds. Uh, yeah, that's when they're great, right? Great. That's when they feel good. Um, and as we mentioned, and they, right? They're all and they're only objective control one, which again is yeah. unfortunate. Uh, great. 
sneaky trick I was doing was with gargoyles, because after they shoot, they can move six. Mm -hmm. So I was dropping them right outside a nine of somebody that was on an objective, shooting, and then moving six onto the objective, and they're OC2. Nice. So that was fun. Yeah, gargoyles. I'm I'm eager to finish building a unit of 20. They die super quick, but they can throw a lot of shots and... um, can do that can take objectives from your opponents before they get to score them so because they deep strike so well that's the thing like with a unit of 10 right now i feel like they're too easy to wipe out but if they had 20 a couple of them could survive and if this a couple of them survive Mm. they can be brought back yeah well yeah because they're also an endless swarm yep (laughs) um and as we mentioned the the biovore their profile that matches the pyrovore they were quite worse they were toughness five four plus save and four wounds before i think but now they've matched the pyro of war so which is great because um you know with those gosh darn d cannons floating around your unit could have gotten wiped out by one shot but not anymore now you'll have one left (laughs) yay (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think this is a great template if codexes continue this way um you know today the day we're recording is the nova preview so i'm sure we'll get to see all the space room models we didn't see from the last preview yeah um but a lot of new models you know between leviathan and and the codex release um and this i think you have a lot more viable options in this codex than we did in the yeah. past, right? You know, most codexes had one thing that was like, this is the best, this is the only thing you'd ever play with this codex competitively, quote-unquote, but now there's there's just so much more available. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bottom line is, I'm super excited for the codex. It's not a home run. There are a couple of things that are disappointing or unfortunate. Um a lot of these things kind of open the door to more later. And hopefully that will, that's a promise that will get fulfilled. Like I'm still thinking they keep mentioning Norn queens here and there. Oh, please, and please. Still not seeing a model. Um, like I said, some strikes would be really good. So that wing turn prime actually works out. Yeah. But until, until those promises get fulfilled, I still think we got a solid codex, especially the detachments are, extremely exciting because they don't feel over or underpowered they're all very characterful and they look fun to play i think that's the most important part is all right they all they all look interesting and fun i'm i don't feel the finance one is interesting but i think that's mostly because that's not a style of play that i enjoy yeah but that even better that means that there is it's not all catered to me yeah, I mean, five out of six ain't bad. That's like, you know, toothbrush recommendation. <laughs> yes. Five out of six apothecaries recommend uh, not using the synapse detachment. <laughs> yep. Um, and I, I do, you know, I think one of my favorite things, even though it's such a small thing, is in the points section where they put that QR code, like, go get some various nice. points here. Just to. Like, look, we gave here, they're here. All right. But did don't. We're updating. Don't. Yeah, we're updating all the time. <laughs> so go, please go here to make sure that you're correct. But here and you go. Avoid park. Avoids uncomfortable discussions where 
you know, people get confused on points. It's just super easy. Um, I think it's a great army. I think if you're a trainer player, just like, right. You might not love the whole thing, but there's a lot of good stuff here to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on the Trinity Codex, guys? Um, still debating if I'm getting a collector's edition or not. Probably not because <laughs> money is a thing and I need to buy models. But otherwise, I'm looking forward to holding it in my hand and actually playing some games with it, which yeah. should not be too far in the future. So I'll be reporting back. I'm, and, just, uh, I'm, okay. I'm real happy with how it looks like as a codex. Like, yeah. If this is if this is what we're doing, good. Okay, let's. Let's get through them a little faster, though, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I And we're, we don't know yet because the day you're going to hear this is the pre-order date. The Codex is even out yet. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they're like, hey, everybody, here's another detachment for you. Everybody or even else. even if we don't do it, if, even if we don't do it, like, now. Just, if we do yeah. it, like, six Codexes in and go, all right, here. Yeah. Take this. Yeah. I, I do want to point out, like, that the artwork in this codex leans <sighs> a little more into the horror. Sure does. And sure. I don't hate it. No, I, I like it great. a lot. There's also a very comprehensive painting guide in the uh, Combat Patrol section. Yes, right? for Leviathan style. Yeah, that was real nice. That is true. Very cool. So if you are new and you're buying the codex... I feel like, like before, if you were a new player and you bought the codex, I feel like a lot of it is like, like this is a lot. But I think that this one has, it's got a good section for if you're brand new. Here you go. Start here. Okay. Well, hold your hand. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good value for new and old players. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, tons of background and pictures and and art, right? 50 pages before you get to the combat patrol. So yeah. actually a lot of like little vignettes of like explaining was like little dioramas, which is great. Yes. And plenty yeah. of other alternate paint styles represented too, not just the Leviathan main style. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that Games Workshop has been kind of knocking it out of the park as far as these old background things that they've been writing. Like I've been reading a lot of the ones in the Leviathan book. And I feel that while they used to be good, now they're even more. So mm. they've, they've refined the technique, so to speak. Yeah, I always found, you know, the most interesting stories were those, like, little blocks off to the side. That was just yes. a couple paragraphs. Yep. And they really continued, you know, like you said, those are getting even better than they were before. Um, so, again, like we said, GW sends a bunch of kits. Um, and, and one of the new kits tried, except for the... The Gaunts with their special weapons, because it's just a little 10-guy box with the special weapons. But we got everyth- everything else. Um, I think my favorite one was the Lictor, because it's got three poses, and it's very customizable. The Its claws have two joints and pieces that go in between there. So each of the three poses has specific ones, but there's nothing stopping you from mixing them. Yeah for the scything talons into the other poses to sort of change the angles and stuff. It's okay. So very customizable. And as promised, right, the gene circuit has its 10 Cthulhu heads. 
So if you want to do a full squat of those, um, and I'm sure you could mix the parts with, um, with the Neurolictor and Death Leaper if you really wanted to with, with the Lictors and stuff. I think in the article today, some guy was like, yeah, I've, one of the guys at GW was saying, yeah, I messed with the Lictor kit and I have like six different poses on my desk right now, all different. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you, if you want to see a semi-comprehensive, uh, if you want to see me open those boxes and do an unboxing, there's a video of that going up either today or tomorrow. Um, and there's also the, the, the sort of assembly and painting video for the Norn Simulator um, with photos of the end results. Also, either up today or tomorrow. I can't remember in which order I put them. Very cool. Um, so, guys, if you're playing Tyranids, let us know which detachment you're the most excited to play. Um, check out the pictures on our Facebook and also the videos on Warhammer Workshop. Again. For all a bunch of stuff about Tyranids, and um, I'm sure I have some pictures to post, and I'm sure as you know, when Jeff plays his game, hopefully we'll get a picture or two for that. Yeah, I'll pick a few. <laughs> and check out, you know, again, a lot of you guys liked Jeff's paint scheme, so you can see a Neurolictor and a and a, a Nor and a Simulator in that paint scheme up on our Facebook page as well. And, and I do go into more details about how I do achieve my paint scheme in the video. So, and I'm planning a third video. I took footage that I need to make a video on how I do my bases. So that's also awesome. coming in in a few weeks. Awesome. awesome. That's great. Yeah, I know a lot of people were, have really commented on that paint scheme and how much they liked it. So the more information you guys can get, the better. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with to talk about the Nova Open Preview. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Freebooters Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Freebooters Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Freebooters Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies.